recounting what you're thankful for is actually the most important part. Not just saying, I'm, I'm blessed or whatever. I, I had a guy who I worked with. His name was Mike. And Mike used to always say that he was too blessed to be stressed. Every single time I saw him, hey Mike, what's going on? Oh man, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And he was a, he was a believer, but there was points in times where I knew he was just saying that because he didn't want to be bothersome. Like, like, like he was saved and, and he loved the Lord, truly, I believe that. But there was points in times where I, he would say that and like, I'm like, Mike, do you even believe that? Like, and it wasn't a knock on him, it's just how we are to say things like that as like an autopilot. And, and to be like, oh, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And you're like, actually, I can tell you're pretty sad. And that's okay. We can talk about it. But when we come here and we talk about thanking and praising, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I want us to actually be focused on what God has done in specific things. Because when I look in the Bible and I see the instances of thank, uh, thankfulness and praising the Lord, the, the people in the Bible actually have reasons. And it's usually right after something happens. Usually right immediately after something happens. And so um, I'm going to pray, and then we will get into First Chronicles chapter 16. Uh, Lord, thank you for um, this day. I just thank you for this word. Um, God, I just think you've given me life, and that you've given us this this life. Um, yeah, Lord, I don't know where I would be without it. Um, I wouldn't be somewhere good, and so, so Lord, I, this two weeks has been refreshing for me because, if I'm being honest, I struggle with thankfulness, and so, um, God, thank you for giving me this message, and I hope that it's beneficial, and God, that above all else, you be glorified. Um, Father, I love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I realize I didn't give my list. Aiden wanted my list really bad so he can make fun of it. So here is my list of three things. So you guys know that I married that wonderful woman back there, Lauren Brittany K. Deathrow. Right? Okay, so I put... You guys might also have seen this, but that we're having a child. Some of you guys know this. Yeah. Okay. So I... I comboed that into to one and said my family. So my wife and my child was like the very first number one thing right after salvation. Huh? Yes. My wife, our child, and our two dogs, Harley and Pippin. So um, those, are, those are number one. That's my family. Number two was my church family. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but I praise God for you guys all the time because you guys are awesome. And you guys are going to leave me in like eight months, and it's going to be sad, but I, I love you guys. Some of you guys are going to leave me. Some of you guys will still be here. Mitch will be here for the next 30 years. It's great. Uh, dude, I'm counting on it. 30 years. <laughs> uh, no, but, but you guys are great, and I love being around you. And I spend a lot of hours in the week with my coworkers and with my classmates. I'm almost done with school, nursing school, but I'm still with them right now. And and they're okay. They're nice people, but they're nothing like hanging out with you guys. Because you guys are so much fun to be around, and you guys have the Spirit of God in you, most of you, and you guys love to um, make fun of me and play games and stuff like that. And I love all those things. I'm fine with being made fun of. But I'm seriously thankful for you guys, and I praise God for you, and even the junior high, and the counselors and stuff like that. And then, um, <laughs> number three was God's Word. That's, that sounds super spiritual, and it's not. 
it, it's, it's wonderful that, that God's Word is in my life because I don't know where I would be without it. Like it's, I'm not thankful enough for God's Word is what I'm trying to say. And so God, God uh, really... Um, yeah, God really worked on my list a lot because my first things were like super carnal things. After my friends and family, or after my family... It was like just stupid things that came to my mind at first. And I was like, okay, I need to work on this list a little bit. So uh, God's worked on my heart about the things that I'm thankful for. There's nothing wrong with being thankful for your car or your house or video games or whatever. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dog those things. They're not bad necessarily. But um, thankfulness as a priority and, and learning our priority in thankfulness is huge. Um, because God actually gives wonderful things to us if we just open our eyes and look. Um, so as I was looking and I was, I was reading, I was praying about what message to do, and we were doing thankfulness. And So I had been reading um, at, at a time back, First Chronicles chapter 17, which is David preparing to build the temple. And God was working on my heart about that. Because David has a thankful response. But before I got there, I was reading 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and I couldn't get past the first four verses. Not because I don't know how to read more than four verses, but because God just showed me so much in this first four verses. Um, I mean, like I was just thinking about it, like God has been good to us. Uh, but often that goodness and faithfulness that God has shown to us has come, is, is neglected when it comes to praise. And David doesn't miss on praise in this moment. Um, so today we're going to look at King David in an instance where he shows the praises and thankfulness uh, that we ought to show to our gracious God as well. Uh, so let's read the first four verses and then we'll talk about the context. First Chronicles chapter 16, 1-4 says this, So they, um, that's the children of Israel, brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> and he dealt to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone one loaf of one, a loaf of bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Okay, so context of this message is, is First Chronicles. Uh, David is moving the ark. God is saying, like, hey, the ark needs to go settle in Jerusalem. And in high level, this, the ark is often pictured as Jesus Christ, right? And um, actually the holiness of God as well. And so, so, so God is making sure that the ark is getting back to Jerusalem, its rightful place. And David is in charge of that. David as the worship leader and as uh, the man after God's own heart has taken this job very seriously. And there's a lot of um, missteps along the way. Because we're people, and, and why don't people screw up? You know what I mean? Uh, we screw up every day. And um, even the man after God's own heart, who, who loved God and, and um, is, is revered in several ways throughout the Bible, is recorded as messing up. And that was my first thing that I actually noticed in the context of this was, if you guys remember, um, you guys remember Uzzah in First Chronicles chapter 13? So, let, the, the, the verses will be up here. I just want to remember this part. First uh, Chronicles chapter 13, verses 8 through 10, it says, And David, sorry, that font's kind of small. Um, it says, And David and all Israel played before God. They're moving the ark. It says, With all their might, and with singing, and with harps, and with psalteries, and with timbrels, and with cymbals, and with trumpets. 
they, they're, they're having this jam session while they're moving the Ark of the Covenant. It's a really good moment. Um, key point, though, is... Or, sorry, not a key point. Something to remember in this is that David actually wasn't supposed to move the Ark at the time. David makes a big mistake. And in doing so, um, we're going to see that he costs us his life. It says in verse 9, And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the Ark, for the oxen stumbled. So the... So the, the, the the mechanism that is carrying the ark at this point in time, the oxen, a physical thing that is carrying the spiritual holiness of God contained in the ark of the covenant, stumbles. And, and what does Uzzah do? He, he puts forth his hand and he tries to stop it. Um, and Israel well knew at that time that you cannot touch the ark of the covenant because prior to Jesus Christ, no one could come to God. Prior to Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, no one could actually come to God because God's holiness is too much for us. You see what I'm saying? And so, there's a great picture in here that we don't really have too much time to uh, dig into, but he stumbles. And the anger of the Lord, in verse 10, was kindled against Uzzah and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark and therefore there he died before God. And so I just was, God was reminding me that David made really poor decisions even with a good intent. And, and, and after this, even after he does well at the ark, David makes really poor decisions later. Like, like he numbers all the people and there's thousands of people that die because David's pride got in the way. And I was like, Lord, what's the point? And God brought me to this point. So, so one, thing is David was, uh, one thing admirable about David was his level of admiration and praise to the Lord in any of those times before and after, when he's doing well and when he's doing poor. And the first key point that God brought me to was this. Thankfulness and praise has nothing to do with our abilities at all. Like, like understanding this is, is key because <clears throat> a lot of times we're too busy not being thankful and not praising the God because we're too focused on ourselves. We're too focused on our, our lack. And David, I don't know about you, but if I did something dumb that led to someone dying, I don't know that I would want to continue leading the mission. Leading the Ark of the Covenant moving. Like, that's directly on God. And actually, God puts the blame on David. And God puts the blame on David later, too, for numbering the people. And I don't know that I would have the same resolve as David to just continue. Like, after Uzzah dies. But the good news is, is that the most important thing that we can do, which is praising the Lord, actually has nothing to do with our abilities at all. The only caveat I would add to this point is that we can be thankful for the spiritual gifting God has given us. So, the only thing that you can praise God for in terms of your abilities is the abilities that He's gifted you in Jesus Christ. I can thank God that He's given me the ability to teach or to minister or to love. I can thank God that Jeff has been given the same abilities and more in the shepherding concept and all of that stuff. I can thank God for those things, but, but that's it. Other than that, it's not about us. It's never been about us. Okay. Our praise isn't based on how well we perform, and I just want everyone to know that. That's, that's the key point here, is that our, our, our praise is not based on how well we perform. Okay, so the setting. David has moved the ark. We talked about that. He's moved it to the place uh, that God has told him to. But here's the key, here's something I looked at. I need to stop saying key point. But here is something important that I saw. Verse 1. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. 
what David is doing is David prepared a place for the ark to be set. And I don't think we want to I don't think we should miss that at all. So if the ark equals Christ, David prepared a place for the ark to dwell. David made a dwelling place for God to be in the middle of the entire congregation. And I, I, want, I want that to be something that's important here today because if we don't make a dwelling place for Christ in our life, Christ has no power in our life. Christ has power and He'll always have power. Like from the beginning of time to the end of time, Christ will still be glorious. He'll still get the glory and honor that's due His name. We read that in Psalm 96. He's on the throne, and once He's on the throne, He will always get power and dominion and glory. The question is, are we going to allow Christ into our life to give, to, to have that power and glory? We have to give that to Him. So key point number two, we as believers must prepare a dwelling place for Christ in our lives. We as believers must prepare a dwelling place for Christ in our lives. Or else most of the things that we say up here won't, won't matter to you. If we haven't prepared our hearts, if we haven't prepared our minds to be willing and ready to receive God's Word or to receive Christ, there's some of you in this room that may not be saved. That's the first part of preparing a place. God's Word has been preached to some of you for years. But where's your heart at? And I say that with all love and, and someone who had an intellectual understanding of God for years before he ever had a spiritual understanding of God. Don't waste that time. God can be your Savior today, right now. Like He already paid the penalty. He already sacrificed Himself. We as creation already butchered the Creator on the cross. The only thing that is stopping you from getting saved is you. So that's the first part of how we as believers prepare a dwelling place is salvation, but we also prepare it in sanctification. We come here every Sunday. I hope you come here believing that God can speak to you. God can speak to us. Through, through this medium, through praise and worship, through the Word, through having counsel, all those things, God's Word can speak to you in any sort of way. Through your quiet time at home, when you get up early in the morning, it's dark now, so you get up and you're really tired and you're like rubbing your eyes. And I, Me, I, I get coffee pretty quickly at our house and I, I sit down and I just pray. And most of the time my prayer in the morning is like, God, I'm tired, but you're still good and we're going to get this worked out because <laughs> I have no idea how my brain's going to work. But God does a miracle and my brain works early in the morning. Um, and then God speaks to me, and God speaks to you guys. And sometimes you guys write it in your journal, and that's really cool to hear. Um, and, and God can speak to you, and God will if you just let Him, if you just prepare a place for Him. Okay, so the, the first verse says that uh, David prepared a tent, or uh, yeah, that the tent that David had pitched for it. And then the, the latter part of that verse says this, they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. I don't know about you, but carrying a big ark, like this heavy ark, and I'm like exhausted, I'm like walking around, and I like set it down, like the first thing I would want to do in my flesh is probably go like relax or something like that, like, good job guys, we did it, and David's like, no, 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 we're not done, we just started, we're going to offer sacrifices to the Lord, and that is an amazing picture, to immediately 
be like, hey, we're going we're gonna to continue to praise. We've been praising the whole time. We've been praising along the way. We've been carrying this thing. We set it down. We get it in the tent. What are we going to do now? Let's go get ice cream? No. I'm thankful for ice cream too, Aiden. But, no, I believe you wrote it. After Kylie said it, I think you wrote it. <laughs> you wrote nice teeth. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. That was that sounded a little judgmental. Oh, that's good. Praise the Lord. So, um, I'm thankful for ice cream. I'm thankful for sweets, stuff like that. That's what I would want to do. But David doesn't. David is a man after God's own heart. So the first thing he does after he drops the ark down, if he sets the ark down, is he offers burnt sacrifices. And dog, we read this. We, we read the same verse. Right. You got to set the ark down, and then you offer burnt sacrifices and peace offerings, which is exactly what David did. So I, oh, I'm going to look at those two real quick. The burnt sacrifice. This is a voluntary. Oh man, I'm going. I got to get going. Uh, we won't look at the burnt sacrifice and the peace offerings, but know that they're voluntary and that they're they're for the Lord. They're to give honor and praise to God. Both offerings were willing testaments of how God was to was to how good God was to Israel in providing them safety and prosperity as a nation. So, key point number three is this, and this is important: Thanksgiving is a sacrifice because it requires us to think about something other than ourselves. Thankfulness. This two weeks. Sounds like we're taking a break and we're not focusing on anything, any ministries and we're not meeting for mentorship or we're not meeting for discipleship and so we're taking two weeks off. No, actually what we're doing is we're bringing sacrifice to the Lord and we're saying, God, I know you've given us amazing things and we're going to sacrifice our time and thinking of other things and we're just going to put the praise and honor on you. And that's it. That's what it is. And so don't miss that. True thankfulness is just being is just more than saying, God, thank you for the stuff you've given me. True thankfulness is saying, God, thank you for being exactly who you are and exactly according to your word. So thanksgiving is a sacrifice because it requires us to think about something other than ourselves, keep the focus off ourselves. I titled this next part, They Throw a Spiritual Shindig. Because I like the word shindig. I don't know what it means, but um, it's like a party of some sort, or whatever. But that's that's what I call it, it's a spiritual shindig. And they do, uh, and I wrote down here that the work is finished, but the praise is not. Don't skip over that. The work is finished, but the praise is not. They eat bread, they, they eat the good flesh, and they drink the wine. They have a feast, because this is a celebration, and they want to enjoy the fruit that God has given them. And we should always do that. We should always be thankful. After retreats, after awesome Bible studies, after mission focus, even after God just tells us something. We should just be so happy. We should just eat of that bread and, and spiritually, theoretically, drink of that wine. Don't literally drink of that wine. You guys are way too young. Uh, but my point is, is that that's, that's what he's doing here. Is, is He's just celebrating. Um... Don't forget to be thankful for the physical things God has given you. We do that with we do that with tithing. We we say God, you gave me 100% and you're allowing me to keep 90% and I willingly give at least 10%. And I and we give to missionaries and we and we do all these things and and 
those should not just be physical acts that we do because we're supposed to. Those should be out of a thankful heart. The Bible says that God loveth the cheerful giver, the 2 Corinthians 9.7. That's who we should be. And that's in response to thankfulness and praise. Okay, real quick, the delegation of responsibilities. The first one is he appoints positions to the Levites. So, uh, verse 2 says, And when, he, when David had made an, offer, an end of offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings, he be- blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And then verse 3, And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. We read that. Verse 4, And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. And this is where we'll end. Um, we have a couple key points to go over, but I want to understand this. They are tasked with responsibilities. They are tasked with ministering before the ark of the Lord. And that intention was to, to provide worship and the ministering of the word. That was the Levite's job. They were set apart specifically to minister and, and to bring praise and worship and to minister the word unto the people. They were priests. That is their one duty. So key point number four is this. Our thank intentional and also daily. Nobody accidentally thanks God. They in their heart and in their mind recognize what God is doing. And, and David says here, hey, we're not done yet. We need to keep going. We need to set aside jobs. So the Levite, you know what to do. And believers here today, you should know what to do. Because you're also set apart. If you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, if you have been blood-bought by Jesus Christ, you in, in, inherently know what to do. And if you don't, if you don't know how to bring praise and worship and honor and glory to God the Father, come talk to us. We love talking about God and about the worship. But that's what your job is, believer. And to function highly like you're supposed to, it's this. It's the praise and worship. It's the Levite's job. Okay, they're also tasked with recording um, both this event, but I also took this to be recording in general the praises of God. Um, So the second part is the minister before the ark of the Lord and to record. Um, This is an important feature in worship and praise to God. Recording the acts of God and what He has done in our lives is instrumental in our walk. Um, I don't know if you guys keep a journal. You guys should. Um, And here's why. So key point number five. Recording the word of God will lead to future thankfulness. Recording the works of God will lead to future thankfulness. I don't know about you, but if you've kept a journal for any sort of point in time, you should go back and look at it. I did. The day that I knew that I was saved, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was July 23rd, 2017. I was sitting with Brandon Briscoe downstairs. I was, I was in the, like right where the Kid Town desk was. Him and I talked for like two hours. A short story, I was taught a lot wrong about salvation. I was very confused about salvation. And what it took, and what it didn't take, and what it was, and what it wasn't. And Brandon Briscoe just gave me the gospel. And he just gave me the actual word of God. And I knew at that moment that I was saved. And I have a journal, and I wrote down in it that today was the day I knew I was saved. And then I was sealed forever with God. And I will never throw that journal away. Because it's the moment I knew that no matter what, no one could take me out of the Father's hand. And even five years later, I start to cry. 
But the point is, is that God saved me and God sealed me. And it was, it's all because I just wrote on that paper. It's the simplest thing I wrote in my entire life. And it still brings me joy because I remember that moment clearly. This isn't about me. This is about what God's doing in your life. But, oh man. It's like becoming a dad. All of a sudden you start crying. My kid's not even here yet and I got it more emotional all of a sudden. My point is, is that recording what God has done and remembering exactly how you were feeling before and after God did a work in your life is the most amazing thing. And so I encourage you, if you have a journal, just bring it and write in it. It doesn't even have to be anything profound. You don't have to show anyone. This isn't a homework assignment. I'm just saying, record the works that God has done in your life. Because in 5-10 years, you'll thank yourself. If you continue to follow the Lord, if you continue to work... If you continue to work in the ministry and let God change you and grow you... Oh, thank you. Thanks. Chris. Thank you. Um, If you continue to work in the ministry and God continues to change your heart and change your life and and you start investing in others, you're going to look back in 5-10 years and think, wow, I was worried about that. I was fearful about that. My prayers were about that. Or sometimes you'll be like, man, I forgot that I was praying for that person and then they got saved. And that's the most wonderful thing to to remember is that, that God answers promises. God answers prayers five, ten years ago just like He is now. Okay. Uh, Lastly, they're tasked with thanking and praising the Lord God of Israel. That's the third point. Um, We bring a sacrifice of praise. I will will just do Colossians 4 to Josiah because of the time that we don't have. Um, Is is it on there? Colossians 4 to uh, Exodus 13.3, I'll just say, God tells them to remember the day they came out of Egypt. And that's extremely important. That was, that was my teary moment about salvation. Egypt's a picture of the world. You come out of the world. God says, remember, don't forget that. Okay, so we're to be sacrifice of praise and we're to be in a state of thankfulness. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. That word continue is translated and John chapter 15 is abide. It's a continuous thing. Continue is a state of thankfulness. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Okay, and then lastly, um, this is a privilege of those who are both on earth and in heaven. Don't forget that. This is the only thing that you'll be doing eternally. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 through 14 says, um, I'll just read the first couple verses. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, this is Jesus, and has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them, number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of people. Saying with a loud voice, here's what they're saying. 
Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all of them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power. Okay, this is one of the only things you will get to do on both, both in, in earth and, on, and in heaven. That's it. Thanking and praising the Lord constantly. I don't know if you know this or not, but heaven is not a golf tournament. Heaven is not your favorite sport or favorite activity or whatever the case is. Heaven has always been about God. Specifically, Jesus Christ getting glory. And here we see a snapshot of that in Revelation chapter 5. And so my point is, is this, is that this is the thing you'll be doing forever. And this is the thing that we should be doing now in, on earth. This is the thing that translates because it brings God glory. This is a privilege. This isn't a requirement. This isn't anything other than we get to do this every single day. So my key question is this. What do you get to thank the Lord for today? What do you get to thank the Lord for today? Not what do you have to. When, when no one's around, when it's just you and the Lord, what do you get to say thank you, Lord, for today? You found three things. You wrote them on a piece of paper. You can do that every single day. And we get to. Some of you, you get to thank the Lord for salvation. Some of you can't. I don't want it. I don't want that to be the case tomorrow. If you know that Jesus Christ bled out and died on a cross for you, and you haven't accepted that gift, please don't leave today until you have. There's nothing more important than knowing Christ as your sin bearer. Some of you have been saved, but maybe you're not thankful. I struggle with thankfulness. I'm, I'm the first person. God gave me this message before I gave it to everyone else because I struggle with thankfulness. Because I don't record the praises of God enough. This was a message to me and it, it, was, it was impactful because regardless of circumstances, regardless of how you perform, you can always do this. And so if, if you know that you don't have a thankful heart, well, join the club. But also, come talk to somebody. We can thank and praise the Lord together and we can just pray for a heart attitude that is constantly continuing and watching in thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for you and Lord, we love you and and God, we're just grateful that you give us a chance. A people like us who are are wicked and foolish have no reason to, to even be in the same room as the Lord God like we will be in heaven, but Lord, we get this opportunity to praise the most wonderful thing that's ever been. been. And so Lord, I just pray for um, our hearts and our minds to be willing and, and ready to hear and receive and, and to contemplate your word. And, and Lord, every time you give us something, I just want to turn it back to you in praise and honor. Um, Father, as we go into the message, would you keep the distractions from, from happening and and we just have authentic conversation happen. Uh, Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.